0: Good morning, Vineyard Christian Fellowship. This is Dusty, one of the pastors here. I'd like to welcome all of you this morning. We're going to be continuing on in our series, going through the Gospel of John. Um, Just a little bit of a kind of give you a heads up. We're going to be finishing with this section of the Gospel of John at the end of August. And then we're going to be going into a couple of different series. Um, We're going to do the month of September kind of on Vineyard DNA. Kind of who we are and what we believe. We're going to be talking about the Kingdom of God and Kingdom of God theology and what that means to us and why it's so central to our belief system. And then um, for the following month, the month of October, I'm super excited actually, uh, we're going to be going through a series called The Heroes of the Faith. And so people like C.S. Lewis and Mother Teresa. Uh, you know, Spurgeon, others. Anyway, um, just kind of wanted to give you a little bit of a heads up where we're going in the next few months. Um, props to everybody. Props to Yakima County. Our numbers have been declining dramatically. Um, people have been masking up and trying to do the right things. And um, our numbers have declined. Our daily count has declined almost by 75 percent in the last month or so and so big you know kind of fist bump to all of us collectively um my hope and my prayer is that they'll move us to phase two my understanding is from the yakima health district once we move to phase two that we can begin to start having some in-person services with you know protocols in place for social distancing and having masks and all those kind of things, but that we could meet in person. And that's that's my hope and my prayer. Um, as soon as we're allowed to do that, we're going to do that. I just I kind of want to let you guys know that uh, we've met as a leadership team and we feel like we have some good systems and processes in place to do that safely, um, as safely as we can. Um, we can't make it zero risk. And so our encouragement is going to continue to be, if if you're not feeling well, if you're sick, if you're in that high vulnerable population where um, this thing could take you out maybe permanently, um, it's not worth showing up until we have a vaccine. Uh, We love you guys. We care about you. Um, I would rather not see you for a few months than have you um, go to Christ prematurely on me. Um, because a lot of you guys who are vulnerable, I really care about you and I really love you. Um, and the last thing we want to do is put you in harm's way. Um, but for those who feel like you can take that risk, we're going to make that available. And just so you know, too, we're going to continue to live stream and we're going to continue to put it out on our podcast um, for those who don't feel like it's safe to come in person yet, which I totally understand and I totally get um, I'm going to put out a short little video that I'm going to put together with more on this at a later date, but I just kind of wanted to give you just a little snapshot kind of of our heart and uh, just letting you know that behind the scenes, we've been working on things and trying to get some systems and some, some procedures in place so that when we are released by the Yakima Health District to meet in person, we're going to do that. Why don't I go ahead and open in a word of prayer and we'll begin in, uh, we're going to be going through John 15 today. We're going to continue on the second half of John 15. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for who you are. Lord, um, we know following you isn't always easy and sometimes, um, it will cause others to look at us like we're crazy people. Um, people may think we're, as scripture says, a peculiar people. And I'm sure we do look peculiar to folks on the outside sometimes that, um, that you haven't called and that, that aren't people who follow you. Um, and Lord, that's okay. That's right. You've called us to live differently and you've called us to, um, to live differently than the, the rest of the world, God. Um, and Lord, it's a better life. Lord, it's a better existence following you, God. Um, and so, Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you've called us to a different way to live. We thank you that you've called us to be separate from the world in, in some significant ways in how our character is formed and in how we, what type of, of people we want to be, Lord. Lord, would you continue to refine us? Would you continue to change us? Would you continue to mold us? Would you continue to make us that new creation, Lord God? Lord, would you continue to make us better uh, than we were when we started, God? Jesus, we thank you that you love us and that you care for us, God. Amen. Jesus is the way. He's the way for us to follow. It's not just enough for us to worship God but we're called to emulate the lifestyle of Jesus, to be the people of the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is literally all truth. He's our primary revelation of God's character to the world. He shows us God in ways that we just didn't really ever have before Jesus came. What a blessing it is for us to be post Jesus followers of God where we get such a great picture of who God really is. And Jesus is the life. Jesus get both gives us life now and forevermore. Jesus is our life. John 15, 18 through 19 says this. Just remember, when the unbelieving world hates you, they first hated me, Jesus says. If you were to give your allegiance to the world, they would love and welcome you as one of their own. But because you won't align yourself with the values of this world, they will hate you. I have chosen you and taken you out of the world to be mine. This is such a big deal for us as followers of Jesus. He says, because we won't align ourselves with the values of this world, they will hate us. There are things that Jesus has called us to. Higher ways to live that Jesus has called us to. That are antithetical to the world around us. May cause them to hate us. And I guess this begs the question to me. Like, as I was kind of like, I was thinking about this, I was like, so what are some of the things that the world values the scripture says to run away from or to avoid? And so I'm gonna just hit a few of them. I you know, to I could spend probably a whole month of series of teachings on all the things that the world values that God says to shun. Um, but I thought I might just hit a couple of them to just kind of give you a little bit of a context for, for what Jesus is talking about here. So money, right? And Not just money in and of itself, money's a tool, it's like a hammer. Um, but the love of money, as it says in 1 Timothy 6.10, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. I'm sure all of us have known somebody, or maybe you've even struggled with it yourself, where you value money and you value resources more than you do other people or God. And so when money becomes your God, when money and making money becomes your primary focus and not for like money in and of itself is not bad. Money's money's great. I like money. I like things. I like to be able to buy a can of Pringles. You know, like, I mean, money's not a bad thing. I like to be able to pay my rent and have a roof over my head and, you know, have a vehicle to drive and and I work so that I can have the finances to do that thing. But if money's my primary motivation, if money's my primary goal and I sin against God and against others in the pursuit of money, that is evil. And if as a society, as a group of people, as a church, as a nation, um, as a community in Yakima, if, if money is more important to us than the commands that Jesus gave us that we talked about last week, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. If loving money comes over the top of that, it's sin, and it's wrong. And so we have to look at, is love of money more important to us? Or what about generosity? God calls us to generosity. In Proverbs 11, 24 through 25, it says this, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and suffers want. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. And the one who waters will himself be watered. There's the spiritual principle that you can't outgive God. There's the spiritual principle that as you give, as as you, you move out of generosity, as you if you see someone in need. And I'm not just talking financially. It might be your time, right? And time is sometimes more, I know for me, I can speak this for me, my time is more valuable to me than my finances. There are some things I would rather just pay somebody to do because I don't want to spend the time to do it, right? I'm sure I'm not the only one. And so, me giving time to someone is is super valuable being generous with our time uh yes being generous with our money being generous with our resources helping those who need help or giving to the church or giving to sunrise outreach center or giving to the union gospel mission or or giving to young life so that the kingdom can be advanced Uh, being generous in that way advances god's kingdom being generous with your gifts Um, I'm going to brag on my good friend Sandy here for a moment. Sandy comes into the church uh, often multiple times a week. And with our old 100-year-plus building, he's constantly repairing and fixing things and making the church more beautiful and functional. And so he has skills. He has mad skills. Skills that Dusty does not have. And Sandy... Palmer, Sandy Palmer, he gives out of his skill. He gives out of his work. He gives sweat uh, to serve all of you and to serve me and to just to serve the community by having a, a beautiful facility that we have here. And so there's many different ways to be generous. It's not just about money. So my encouragement to you is, don't love money, love generosity. Pride right? Scripture says that the first recorded sin in the Bible is pride, and it started with the devil, the sin of pride. James says this, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. If you're a person who is proud, if you're a person who has pride, if, if you are all about you, and your needs, and your wants, and your desires, if it's me first, if I'm the most important thing, if, if I only care for myself and my people and everyone else can just dwell in shoal, like if that's my attitude, what does it say God does? God will resist you. God will resist you if you are proud, but he gives grace to the humble. I don't know about you guys, I screw up enough that I need all of God's grace I can get. I need every ounce of grace God can squeeze out for me. And so I try to do everything I can to not be proud. And my encouragement to you is to do the same thing. Let us not be a proud people. Let us be a humble people. Let us learn to serve. Even Jesus himself, he said, I did not come to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom to many. Jesus was the ultimate humble leader, the ultimate humble king. And he's who we should use as an example of how to live. Anger, right? Anger. The world, you know, the world, it encourages pride. It encourages money. It even encourages bullying. It's like if someone comes at me, I'm going to come back at you twice as hard. So that you don't mess with me again. Right? Have you heard that before? I've heard that before. I've heard that from leaders. I've heard that from athletes. I've heard that from a guy in a bar. I've heard that on the street. You know, like, it's this whole thing of anger. It's like, if I can, if I can just be tougher, if I can be stronger, if I can outshout you. Maybe you've seen this on the internet, right? People lashing out in anger people disparaging each other, people slandering one another because you believe something differently than I do. Here's what scripture says, James 1.20. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So you, standing up for yourself, you being in a bullying posture, you fighting for this is my right, this is my belief, you cannot come against me, I won't allow you, I will fight back at you with every ounce that is in me. That does not produce the righteousness of God. And so you, we need to be cognizant of how am i acting out of my acting out of anger or am i acting out of one of the fruits of the spirit and what is it god calls me to do and the world right the world lifts up people who like stand up for themselves the world lifts up people who who bully the world lifts up people who say, oh well look at him he doesn't take Stuff from anybody, I almost used a different word. He doesn't take stuff from anybody, right? Like, like he, just, he can really stand up for himself. I admire that. That's not God's way. That's not God's way. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And if you want the righteousness of God, if you want to be a follower of Christ, we have to keep control of our anger. The opposite of anger is being kind is being compassionate. You think of Jesus and how he responded to those, even to those who came against him. I mean, think about Jesus on the cross. What were some of his last words? Some of his last words for the people who abused him, who tortured him, who spit on him, who mocked him, who physically damaged him. As he was there on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Jesus could have lashed out in anger. Jesus had the ultimate power and authority in heaven and earth. He could have separated their atoms one from another. And all that would be facing him on the cross would be piles of dust in front of him. He had the ability to do that. And instead, he extended forgiveness. And he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He put himself in their place. Rather than being angry and bringing fire from heaven, rather than him being, if it was Thor up there, there would be lightning bolts and Mjolnir would be flying around smacking everybody, right? But that's not that kind of God that we serve. We serve Jesus. And Jesus called for forgiveness. And as followers of Jesus, rather than acting in anger, let us learn to be kind and to be compassionate. That's found in Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Galatians 5, 16 says this, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. There are so many things in this world where if we just reacted out of our own immediate feelings, or we just did what made us feel good, right? If we engaged our lust, if we engaged our greed, if we just took care of myself, you know, it's, it's me and me alone that I need to take care of. But Galatians 5, 16 says this, walk by the spirit, listen to the Holy Spirit instead, and we won't carry out the desires of the flesh. Proverbs twenty five twenty eight says this, a person without self-control, so somebody who, you know, <laughs> does fulfill every desire of their flesh. A person without self-control is like a city with broken down walls. In other words, you, you have no strength. You have no defense because it's just whatever you feel like doing, you do. And, and destruction comes in its wake. So listen to the Holy Spirit be strong have good character be different this is all what jesus was talking about about how the world may hate us because we have different values the fruit of the spirit i'm not going to read through the whole thing but you know peace patience kindness goodness self-control let's instead press into these things instead of being like the world i can keep going with this, right? Like I said, I could probably do a month's set of sermons on this topic, this one little set of verses, but you get the idea. We're called to live differently than the world, to live as Christ lived. And the world will likely mock you. They'll misunderstand you. They may hate and disparage us. That's okay. Because Jesus said they did all those same things to him. And so when you, when somebody, you know, treat you badly and you forgive them and everyone around you like what the heck why why aren't you coming back at them it's because you live as Christ it says to live as Christ to die is gain John fifteen twenty through 21 says this so remember what I taught you that a servant isn't superior to his master and since they persecuted me they will also persecute you And if they obey my teachings, they will also obey yours. They will treat you this way because you are mine and they don't know the one who sent me. If I had not come and revealed myself to the unbelieving world, they would not feel the guilt of their sin. But now their sin is left uncovered. If anyone hates me, they hate my father also. (laughs) This, This concept of if I had not come and revealed myself to the non-believing world, they would not feel the guilt of their sin. But now their sin is left uncovered. Anybody here like getting called out on their sin or their failures? I know I don't. <laughs> However, if we didn't get called out on our failures, if we didn't get called out on our sins, how would we know how to change? How would we know you know, that corrective behavior? And I think a lot of times with... Um, You know, I was talking before about how we as Christians are called to live differently. And and um, and when we are, sometimes people don't understand it or it's weird. Like why? You know, they came at you angry. How come you didn't respond in anger? Um, You know, or how come you're not out just trying to get as much money and as much resources that you can so that you're safe? Everybody remembers, will ever forever remember the great toilet paper hoarding of 2020, right? Why didn't you just take care of yourself and get all the toilet paper for yourself and build yourself a toilet paper throne? And, you know, you, you're okay. At least you're safe. You know, who cares if, you know, grandma living by herself and couldn't get out in time to get her toilet paper if she doesn't have anything. But God called us to live differently, right? And so when we choose to live differently... It causes guilt in other people because everyone, it says that God's commands are written on our heart. It says that in scripture that on the heart of every man and woman, that God's truths are written on their heart. And so when we act differently, it it causes guilt in others because they're not being kind or they're not being patient or they're not being loving or they're not forgiving and it causes them guilt. And so they react out of that guilt and out of that anger sometimes. And that's what causes the mocking and the disparagement and sometimes the hatred of God's people who are truly walking out the way of Christ. So that's what Jesus is warning us about here. Is that because the way we, if we're truly following Christ, the way we live may cause a reaction in others. And so just to know that 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 may happen and it's okay because it happened to Jesus too. It's the right way to live. Second Corinthians 5.17 said this. Now, if, in, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he's become an entirely new creation. And all that is related to the old order has passed away. Behold, everything is fresh and new. When we choose to follow Jesus, Jesus calls us to a new way. He calls us to this, to this new life that does look different than the rest of the world. A new creation. I mean, so we have a new identity. Our life of sin, the power of Satan, the religious works of trying to please God, our old relationship with the world, all of our old mindsets. We're not reformed or simply refurbished. God says that we're made completely new by our union with Christ and by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. He makes us completely new. We're a whole new thing. It's like a Chair became a tree or a tree became a whale. I mean, we're just, we're something completely new. You know, I get what I mean. Um, But like, you know, we're just, we're completely transformed. Continuing on in John uh, 24 through 25 says this. If I had not performed miracles in their presence, like no one else had done, they would not feel the guilt of their sins. But now they have seen and hated me and my father. And all this has happened to fulfill what is written in their scriptures. They hated me for no reason. I love what Jesus is saying here. If I had not performed miracles in their presence like no one else had done, they wouldn't feel the guilt of their sins. Like, throughout scripture, we are con- when we're confronted as humans, as, as people of flesh, when we're confronted with the divine creator we get a glimpse of our own brokenness and often that drives us to repentance and that's a good and right response when we're confronted with the holiness of god and the incredibleness of god i don't know if you've ever been like in a worship session or in a in a really intense prayer session where the presence of god just just kind of comes and people begin spontaneously weeping and and people begin crying and 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 there's a repentance that happens. There's a response to, to God's spirit that is just incredible. And that's a right response to the holiness of God. Jesus promises us the Holy Spirit again. He says this in 26 and 27. And I will send you the divine encourager from the very presence of my father. He will come to you, the spirit of truth. Emanating from the Father. And he will speak to you about me. And He, you will tell everyone the truth about me. For you have walked with me from the start. I love, love, love this descriptor of the Holy Spirit. And I will send the divine encourager from the very presence of my Father. You know, I know I need the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Spirit in my life. I need the Holy Spirit to be walking with me and to speak to me and to encourage me of how to live and and how to be more like Jesus and how to show others who he is and the goodness of God. And I need the Holy Spirit for that. And so I want us to take a moment here to pray. If you would would just... uh, kind of get in a posture of, of receiving. So I'm going to do that myself. Um, I'm just receiving the Holy Spirit and I want to pray and I want to ask the Holy Spirit to be with us, even though we're not physically together. Um, the Holy Spirit transcends time and space, right? He exists outside of time and space. And so we, he can join us together, even though we're separate in this moment. I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come and I I want you to, to just to open your heart and your mind and your spirit to sense his presence. Holy Spirit, would you come? Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. We ask for you to be with us. We want to sense your presence right now, God. Holy Spirit, Jesus says that you're our divine encourager. That you're our cheerleader. (laughs) You're our guide. You're truth. You reveal both God and yourself and, and who we are to us. So Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, we confess that we need your presence. Lord, it's not just enough to know about you in our mind, but we need to to feel you in our spirit and in our heart. We need your presence, God. So would you bring that to us right now? Spirit, we thank you that you are with us, that you guide us, that you protect us, that you care for us, you defend us. Holy Spirit, that you love us. Holy Spirit, would you, would you show us how to walk in your presence? Would you show us how to engage with you? Would you show us, um, how to hear you and follow your direction. We thank you, Lord, that you love us, that even though, Jesus, you went to be with the Father, that you didn't want us to be alone. You said that we're not orphans anymore, and you sent the Holy Spirit to be with us. We thank you for that. Lord, we give you all praise and all honor and all glory this morning. Amen. God bless all of you. Uh, I pray for, for all of you each morning during my, my quiet times. Uh, know that we care for you and love you. And uh, let's continue to pray for God to heal our nation uh, in every aspect, but in particularly with, with the pandemic that we have going on. Let's ask God for his healing. God bless all of you.